0: Testing, hello, Tess. Getting the fantastic here. All the inputs and the outputs are gone. The chief is on hand. We're ready to begin. Yes, I know there's a restlessness in the land, a vast restlessness in the land. What with uh, shortages? You know, uh, speaking of shortages, uh, as uh, everybody does, it uh, speaks of nothing but shortages today. Uh, it's a uh, Let's let's face it, we're taking recognition of the fact that there are shortages. But, of course, there's always been shortages. It's just that you've had enough money to go out and buy all that stuff, and you didn't know that other people didn't have enough money to buy all that stuff. (laughs) You see it now, huh? But uh, there's been all kinds of shortages since almost time began. And uh, it always produces in the the human breast uh, restlessness. For example, right now, would you believe it? That with many men, I happen to know a couple of them myself. With many men, right tonight, there is a shortage of women in the world. Now with other men, there is a plethora of women. So you see, that's the trouble with uh, with uh, with wealth and riches. They're never evenly distributed in the world. Now you don't think uh, the pasha uh, of Kuwait is uh, suffering from a gas shortage, do you? Of course not. <laughs> he's sitting on the biggest gas oil well in the history of mankind. So he's not suffering. But what is he suffering from? He's suffering from a shortage of rain. It never rains in Kuwait. So you see, no matter where you go, you know, speaking of gas, I saw a, uh, I know whether I should... Uh, are the kids asleep? It's one of the great things about being on late that i going to... I saw a fantastic bumper sticker the other day. You know in these bumper strips? It says, uh, "Says uh, help the gas shortage. Eat beans." <laughs> I only report the news, folks. I do not make the news. <laughs> I'm sorry. What are you going to do? I wonder what that means. Huh. Gee. Life is full of little enigmas. And by the way, have you ever thought of giving one of your close friends a couple of matched enigmas for Christmas? You know, Neiman Marcus is selling them this year. Leopard skin finished, or you can get the teakwood model. Have you ever? Uh, you don't know what what an enigma is, Joe. Well, enigma is it's a it's an 18th century piece of furniture. It's a a small squat it looks a little like a coffee table the enigma and you set it in the corner it's a uh, you put things like statues of Beethoven on it you don't think you'd like that for Christmas well I have a suggestion for those of you out there that are suffering from uh, you know that 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 that's the problem with it with a nation that is basically a truly affluent nation truly problem you know is every year comes this symbolic thing called uh, Christmas, symbolic Christ, and uh, there's an orgy of spending and giving, and incidentally, it may interest you to know that uh, the prediction this season is that there's going to be more spending on Christmas ever than in history. Yeah, it's hard to believe it, but that's true. No, no, no. I again, as I say, I'm merely repeating. What has been said by experts, and we all know about experts. My <laughs> <Thank> God, yes. <laughs> I see where. Uh, I see where J. Fred Buzzard uh, went to see Judge Sirica to tell him how to work the tape recorder. You, you know who Sirica is? Yes. I mean, of all, you know, they called him. Did you see that? Okay, Fred make <laughs> They should ask that uh, Rosemary Woods come in and help work the tape recorder. You know, and uh... <laughs> oh man, I'll tell you. You know, I kind of like all this Watergate because it it makes me feel a little more uh, comfortable with my government. Uh, because if the government is 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 homey and is filled with with uh, uh, with uh, with uh, incompetence and just plain ordinary boobs as it is that government is never going to hurt you oh it's the uh, believe me it's the efficient government that that absolutely gets right down to the basics I mean you know uh, in fact I remember Rube Goldberg made a famous comment to me one time famous because I later told a lot of people about it Rube Goldberg uh, you remember Rube Goldberg you ever hear of him He's a, really an interesting guy. And I was at a cartoonist meeting with Goldberg. It was a National Cartoonist Society, see? And uh, Goldberg, yeah, Goldberg. I was sitting there next to Goldberg, and, and I knew Goldberg. Yeah, it's it's not everybody that knows or did know, so he's dead now, but it's not everybody who knew somebody who's actually in the dictionary in small type. You've heard the expression of Rube Goldberg? You know, and here was the real Rube Goldberg, and he invented this. So he's sitting there... And uh, looking real cool, he was kind of a big, tall guy who always had a perpetual, curious, sardonic smile about his face. And Goldberg is sitting there, and we're at this meeting, and it was a banquet. Well, the banquet banquet was so loused up that uh, I'm sitting there at the table, and they're serving me my shrimp cocktail. And after about 25 hours of wait, they're serving me my shrimp cocktail, and the guy next to me is already getting his Alaskan Bombay uh, ice cream. <laughs> and it's a fantastic mess. And, and uh, so Goldberg is sitting there. He's leaning back. And I says, oh, boy, is this ever messed up, Goldberg? He says, yep, it sure is. And I said, uh, "Wow, I said, this, this organization is really, this is really screwed up, man. I mean, look at that guy over there. He's already he's already listening to the post-dinner speeches, and we ain't even got our shrimp cocktail yet. He said, yep, sure is screwed up. I said, uh, wow. He says, yep, I like it that way. I said, what? He said, yep. He said, let me tell you this, son. I said, yes, Mr. Goldberg. Whenever a guy says son to you, you start saying mister. He said, let me tell you this, son. I said, yes, Mr. Goldberg. He said, get the Nazis. Organization, they never could have got the first base. They couldn't have bought themselves a Daisy Air Rider. They couldn't have got into Poland. They couldn't have done nothing. He says, I kind of like it like this. The more screwed up an organization is, the less it can harm you. <laughs> have you ever thought about it that way? <laughs> so, you know, I like, kind of like Rosemary Woods. <laughs> I just pressed the wrong button. <laughs> Why didn't somebody think of giving her copies of the tapes instead of the instead of the uh, master? what who thought of that? Kind of nice and warm. Of course, uh, on the other hand, oh, you, you're looking for a real uh, gift. Any of you out there who have uh, vast affluence? I love one thing. I love about the Times, the New York Times. You see these fantastic ads in the Times. I mean, uh, you know, you pick up the post, you pick up uh, the daily news, and they have always ads for a big sale on color TV sets. Ah, you know, you see that everywhere. But they really have ads. Did you see? What a fantastic gift idea. Listen to this. Just the other day, I'm sitting in the the, uh, subway, I'm on the D train, and I'm looking through the... uh, Gift suggestion list in the Times. And here is a suggestion, Joe. I want you to listen to this South African game ranch for sale. Listen to this. Surely the best and biggest game ranch adjoining world known Kruger National Park. Extent 20,000 acres with all modern improvements. Game fenced, overflowing river. <laughs> Numerous herds of elephant, buffalo, wildebeest, impala, giraffes, hippos, as well as lion and leopards. Include a modern and the only motel with a landing strip. Unbeatable. Unbeatable at three million sixty thousand dollars. Immediate reply wanted. Reply by mail. Oh my god. Oh, take, take that guy out. I don't want to have any talk in here. Just let me hear the sound. Come on, give me. uh, Look in there. Get me lions. The sound of lions roaring. I thought, what a fantastic gift. Imagine just, you know, on a on a Sunday morning. (laughs) Oh wow, Uh, twenty thousand acres. Listen to this. Okay, Joe, let's hear the lion. You can't you can't get it. Well, now you see. Why are you laughing at Rosemary Woods? You're having trouble in there working that machine. Just as and she gets, you know, she gets a lot of publicity. You don't even get any publicity for that. <laughs> but I'll uh, no, forget it then. Don't don't worry about it. I just thought the line was up at the top, so don't worry about it. That's uh, just throw it out, Joe. All out, all out. The whole tape. Take take it off. Take it off. We forget that whole thing, right? Okay, it'll make it feel better in there. But uh, three million dollars for a for a gift. Ranch. Now, uh, you know it's not every ranch that uh, that you find these days that has hippos on it. Uh, well, can you find me the hippos? All right, let's let's have it in there. give me a hippo. I didn't ask you to to, to read the instructions with it, Joe. Just give me the sound of a hippo, will you? Okay. All right. All right. Come on. I quit talking. Let's let's see some dust in there. We had an old expression in the service, I want to see nothing but elbows. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, uh, this uh, this idea of, uh, of casting around for gifts, in fact, I, I was walking along the street the other day, I was walking down in the, in the village, and somebody had thrown a gift catalog out, and I picked it up on the way. You know, I just picked it up off the street, and it says, gift suggestions, and it was uh, from a famous New York store. And I'm working through the gift suggestions, riding on the subway. And there was a page of suggestions. It says, uh, if you have friends who are lovers of beauty, but uh, who have everything in their world, and you'd like to give them a gift that they'll never forget, here's a suggestion for gifts. For example, one of the great little gifts you can give now today, and this, I suspect, is part of the totally affluent world that we're living in. Uh, don't worry about it, Joe. It's not that serious, for heaven's sakes. No, 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 no. You just listen to me and then worry about that later. <laughs> one, of the, one of the gift suggestions that was suggested, which I think, in a sense, is symbolic. Very symbolic gift. You know, gifts are symbolic. You ever thought about that? Symbolic gift. Uh, that, that in, in primitive societies, when a gift is given, it is given as a symbol of something. Now, uh, the biblical concept, you know, frankincense, uh, myrrh. Now, uh, you can't get, you can't get myrrh like you used to. I, I uh, matter of fact, uh, Abercrombie and Fitch had it a couple of years ago. You could get, uh, you could get a half pound of myrrh, uh, frankincense, too, uh, they had uh, they Also, by the way, sell a sackcloth and ashes coat over there. This is the W O R New York. You look worried, Joe. Is it that you 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 you're having difficulty understanding me? Have you ever heard of frankincense? I see. Used to work in the uh, master control. Yeah, I know. Old Frank. Yeah. <laughs> frankincense, though you're talking about. Of course, one of our Italian friends. But uh, nevertheless, uh, (laughs) these were symbolic gifts. You know, the wise men arriving uh, with frankincense and myrrh uh, at that crucial moment in in world philosophical history. uh, Somebody says, Frankincense, why, it's always what I've needed. How did you know? Uh, (laughs) Myrrh, oh. oh, a partridge in a pear tree. That's just what I wanted. Well, uh, you see, the symbolic aspect of it is very important. So gifts really should not fill a function. They should fill a symbolic function. Understand? In other words, uh, what what do you need around your house? All right. Oh, well, no, no, no. You don't need that. What do you need around your house? Well, a lot of things. Uh, How about, uh, what do you think, what do you need? Toilet paper, right? Yes, every house needs toilet paper. Well, now if you were going to give a gift that was truly a needed gift, you would bring a case of toilet paper over. I mean, you know, in assorted colors, red and green with a little holly on it. Now, uh, <laughs> now that would not be a symbolic gift. That would be a real gift. Now, what else uh, is needed around the house? Hmm. Uh, um, Dishwashing soap. Most people wash their dishes once or twice a week, right? Okay. Now, can you imagine showing up with one gallon of Mr. Clean in the new gift bottle? You know that they that how, how booze is always, uh, every year they have uh, gift bottles. Uh, you get Jim Beam, you know, it's in the shape of a turkey. Uh, only during Christmas time. Now, oh, yeah, you know, or it's, a, or it's in the shape of a cut plastic canter with carved goats all over the side of it. And uh, uh, now I think that this could be carried out, let's say, by Mr. Queen, if you could get a Christmas gift package. And it comes with, a, instead of the usual plastic bottle, it's a plastic bottle in the shape of a Santa Claus. Uh, you know, and, and it could be kept as a memento of that wonderful Christmas. Now, these, these are real gifts. Now, what else is needed around the house? for actual necessities. What's needed? Well, uh, there's a lot of things that are needed. Uh, I'm talking about real things. Booze is not needed. Now, don't keep saying that. It's not needed. It it depends on how sick you are. If you're a very sick person, uh, (laughs) what? Anchovies. That's what it sounds like you're saying in there. Well, of course, a certain now that shows a truly, uh, truly elegant, uh, affluent person who who would say what's really needed around right house. He says, of Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> I I think though that there are many things. For example, a typical example of a thing that is needed around house. In many cases, you'll find. I I have no idea what you're saying. Why don't you hit the button and let me know. That looks like a, a bass fiddle you're playing there. Uh, I I don't know what it is you do in your house, Joe, but uh, it must be exciting. What? Well, all right, okay. Let's take let's take that then. If you really want to get down basically to it, a lot of people are worried about, let's say, birth control. And uh, yes, you could give as a as a gift to some of your friends, and it could be a gentle hint. Uh, you know, if you have a friend that has 19 kids. You give him one year's supply of the pill, a uh, gift wrap, you know, <laughs> just to both of you from Fred. <laughs> well, that, uh, that's not a bad idea for a gift. And in certain families, that's certainly a necessity. Uh, do you have any other suggestions along that one? Well, all right, let's take uh, let's take uh, uh, the light bulb now. How many light bulbs do you burn out of your You know, the new light bulb has a life expectancy of maybe six or seven minutes. And, uh, and I would say that a, that a nice gift-wrapped box of assorted light bulbs, you know, 40-watt, 60-watt, 100-watt, a nice collection of light bulbs. Uh, that's not bad. Uh, what are some of the deodorant? Now, most people find a deodorant in our time a necessity. Do you agree? Uh, certainly uh, basing it on the, uh, the contemporary uh, television commercials that the deodorant has become one of the prime necessities of modern life. Well, wouldn't it, you know, nice, wonderful family hospital-size spray can of Right Guard uh, in the in the in the holiday wrapping, which is available only at holiday time for those pungent friends of yours who <laughs> want to enter the new year with their heads erect, smelling great. Uh, <laughs> you know, incidentally, you can use your gift to make suggestions to your friends. Have you ever thought of that? The gift could suggest things to your friends. Now, if you have a friend that uh, you find it's a little embarrassing to spend more than five minutes with him in the front of a front seat of a car with the windows closed, you could give him uh, a nice selection of uh, Right Guard, uh, Mitchum deodorants. There, you know, little things suggest like that. Uh, so, gifts have a very real functional value, and. Uh, <laughs> Many of the... Yeah, incidentally, uh, we have a little uh, suggestion here. Hit the Dubonet button, please. Hit it. They say there's a time in life for everything. For Dubonet, the time is before. Before, yeah, before. The time before Dubonnet. Dubonnet Company, New York, New York. Oh, very nice. Incidentally, speaking of uh, Christmas, this is a... Uh, this is time once again for the WOR Christmas Fund. And uh, for those of you who don't know anything about it, all these kids in local hospitals throughout the city will be given gifts. Kids that are spending Christmas in the hospital. So if you'd like to help out this charity, it's one of the oldest in New York, it's an old established thing. Send your check or money order to the WOR's Christmas Children's Christmas Fund. And it's Box 710, Times Square Station. Okay? Box 710. You know, uh, that, that opens up a whole uh, whole avenue of, uh, of uh, thought about the whole gift scene. And in a society where most people do, in fact, have everything, or, you know, pretty much everything, it's very hard, it gets almost impossible to give somebody a gift uh, where, you know, they say, Oh, this is what I've always wanted, now I've got it. So your gift, the gift today, has become increasingly symbolic. And in fact, I, uh, uh, I think that certain things are produced now today on the market that are produced only as gifts. That becomes truly symbolic. For example, I have always felt that the electric carving knife is a symbolic gift. I have never seen anyone use an electric carving knife except immediately after they've gotten it as a gift. So so then it becomes, obviously, ipso facto, a symbolic gift. Have you noticed that every year uh, on television there's a whole fantastic uh, bouquet, uh, plethora of commercials about stuff you never see any other time of the year? Uh... Vegetable grinders. (laughs) Have you seen those spots? And now available for the first time. uh, Vegetable grinders. It shows these hands grinding vegetables, doing all this stuff. And uh, you never see that stuff advertised like, say, in January or uh, in, say, uh, May. Don't they grind vegetables in May? No, I suspect that these things are truly symbolic gifts. That a guy gets this gift or a person gets this gift. And it goes either immediately up into the up the, the top shelf in the closet, or <laughs> it goes on the bottom shelf underneath all the dishes you don't use. Uh, and and uh, did I tell you about the time that I actually saw when I when I had the realization of how symbolic this was about four or five years ago? Uh, I uh, I attended a, a Christmas party with a lot of people. It was at a home see? and uh, you know with mothers. With, uh, with mother-in-laws, with kids, with grandmothers, the whole work, you know, the whole thing. And uh, they were unwrapping gifts. So, uh, and we were going to have this big meal after it. And the meal consisted of a roast turkey. And it was going to be a big one, you know, a big 16 pounds roast turkey. And so everybody is having a hell of a time opening gifts and yelling and cheering, you know. And the, and the symbolic gift, of course, Uh, Most people suspect that gifts aren't to be used, uh, but they don't want to really come out and say it. And so this gift, the big central gift of this girl, gave to her mother. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it was presented with a tremendous uh, uh, panoply. Uh, She opened it up, and there was this box inside this uh, wrapping and it uh, had uh, little holly leaves all over in Santa Claus. And she opens it up. She says, I have seen those on television. They are, I've, well, I really wanted one. And she takes it out of the box. And it was a carving knife with a cord coming out of the back of it. You've seen them. Okay. Have you ever seen one work? Joe, be honest. You have seen one used. <laughs> that's better <laughs> so so everybody was all excited see. so we we we're, we're, you know this, here's this electric carving knife and uh, there were all kinds of instructions with it and uh, how it should be used to be careful of this and be careful of that so everybody is cheering opening their gifts and we went in to dinner then now we're all sitting around the dinner and uh, the uh, the lady of the house uh, who incidentally got the electric carving knife as a gift I went out into the kitchen, and she came back with this great big tray, and on the tray was a steaming, fantastic roast turkey. And You know, roast turkey has a certain smell. It, it's a, got a kind of a style to it. It looks like something. You know, turkey has a turkey has a look, and you could smell the dressing. She brings it in, puts it down the table. Everybody goes, ooh, what a beautiful turkey. Oh, ah, and uh, they made a whole big thing of it. And she says, yeah, you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to take Marge's gift, and we're going to try it out. So everybody sat there and waited. You know that excitement of trying out something new that's electrical? Come on. You mean you don't know that excitement of trying out something new that is electrical? Like, for example, you get a television set that's new, that first instant of plugging it in and seeing if it works or doesn't work, which is (laughs) oh boy doesn't that bug you when you get something new and you plug it in and a little thin wisp of blue smoke comes out of the back (laughs) and you say oh God oh here we go again oh my God like like, like a buddy of mine a buddy of mine about three or four weeks ago had this dramatic moment uh, which comes to us in our lifetimes Once, probably every three years, and in a total lifetime of a person who owns one of these, he may have this around 12 times in his life. Do you know that they figured out that the average car owner buys roughly in his entire lifetime 12 cars his whole life? New ones we're talking about. Does that sound reasonable to you, John? Twelve cars, and and so this is uh, uh, twelve times in his life he has this happen to him. You know that moment of getting a key handed to you in the showroom, and here's this magnificent machine sitting there. And 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 when you look, or at least it looks magnificent, and and he went down there and he had (laughs) he took he took his friends with you know it's going to be a whole big issue, and and uh, they went down and picked up the car. Are you curious how much the car was? All right, I'll tell you, eleven thousand seven hundred bucks. This was not your average walking around Pinto. No way. So this was made it even more dramatic because he was buying a car that he had dreamed of all of his life of owning. I will not tell you what it was. Well, not a Cadillac? If you're interested. No, no. Let's let's put it on this basis. It was an imported machine and uh, basic. It was eleven seven, and so he had said, what the hell? You can't take it, would you? He said, I've got a... He gets an AM FM stereo in it. He gets an air conditioning in it. He gets an electrically operated top. You know, the kind of top, you know, you press the button, the top goes back. He had the whole work, special paint job, everything. He said, what the hell? Might as well go all out. You only live once, and I've been dreaming of this all of my life, and... Uh, you know, that. The, have you noticed that so many ads are now specifying, "Give yourself a gift; you deserve it." This is the growing ego of modern men. Uh, everybody feels he deserves more than he's getting. <laughs> Not one guy. As a matter of fact, if the truth were out, I wonder if how many of us. I wonder how many of us in our lives are actually getting a hell of a lot more than we deserve. Not you, of course. All present company excluded, of course. But uh, anyway, <laughs> this great moment came, and uh, the the salesman who sold him the car, elegant gentleman with the gray sideburns, he had a guardsman's moustache, a uh, slight English accent, great style tweed suit, you know the whole work, and and here he is in this magnificent showroom where, where the you know the cars start at uh, about eleven grand and go up, see, so. <laughs> So they, they take him around to the side of of the, uh, of the showroom, and there sitting in the driveway of the showroom's garage was his machine. Absolutely they polished it for him, washed it, and uh, there it is, absolutely brand spanking new. It has on the odometer, you know, which is the uh, spinometer, the you know, little trip mileage thing, it tells that his car had traveled six-tenths of a mile that's a great feel, You know, that's all it took to, you know, push it into the boat and all that, and six-tenths of a mile. So he he sits in the front seat for the first time, he takes that beautiful steering wheel made of carved peak wood, uh, and you could smell the leather, the real leather upholstery. It's got walnut dash. He smells this stuff. Sits in the car, and uh, the man says, Now, uh, uh, I'd be glad to show you some of the your basic controls. Of course, you... Understand the operation of the automatic shift on this machine. It's a standard operation. You'll find that uh, your windshield wipers are over there next to the steering wheel. And uh, just on the other side of the tachometer, you'll find uh, your various light switches. Uh, You'll notice that there are three phases of light dimming on this machine. And uh, I don't suppose you'll have much trouble, you've driven this sort of machine. Now, of course, nobody wants to admit he can't drive it, you know. He says, Yes, of course. And he hands him the key. Now, the key on this particular car had its own panoply itself. It's kind of an elegant key. You know the kind of key that has a great big top on it that's coated with rubber? Yeah, it's beautiful keys. It has the name of the company, the car, everything all stamped on it. You could actually wear this key uh, on your watch chain. So beautiful. So he gets in, You know, he's sitting in there, takes the key, puts it in the lock, and uh, uh, he turns it for the first time. It's exciting for the first moment to operate your car. And boom, it started instantly. Uh, the sound of the engine, that uh, $12,000 engine. Oh, it was, you know, like silk. And so he, he says, well, here we are. My lifetime dream. And his friend got into the seat next to him and everybody came out and waved to him and he drove out into the street, turned right and headed towards the New Jersey Turnpike. This happened to be over in Jersey with this little incident occurred. He gets up onto the turnpike now with his brand new car and he could smell the leather. He could smell the, the, the furniture polish on his walnut dash. He could smell... All that new wiring and all that new insulation, it was working like a top. In fact, you could hardly hear it ticking over. He drives up the ramp, and he gets on the turnpike, and all the cars are going by him. You know, the ordinary working cars, you know, (laughs) blowing smoke all over his new car, and a big truck goes by, (laughs) a truck containing what looked like either lava dust or old ashes and the ashes fly all over his car, (laughs) but he's got the stereo playing. He's got the air conditioning. He's having a great time. And he's looking down at the trip indicator. He has now gone four miles. He hasn't even gone ten miles. You know, these are all historical moments. How many of you feel these little historical moments in your car the first time it hits a thousand miles? You know that you can never go back. The first time it hits 10,000 miles, you watch all those zeros coming up. The first time it hits 20, or the only time. That is unless uh, some shark of a used car dealer gets it later and sets it back, and it hits 20,000 three times. But the <laughs> nevertheless, he's got this new car scene. He drives down on the turnpike, and he he's moving north on the pike, heading towards home where everybody was waiting to see the car. You know, all the kids, everybody was waiting. The neighbors have been called in. They're going to serve coffee and cakes. They're going to take the crowd out for trips around the block in a new car because everybody knew about this car this guy was getting. He had been on the waiting list for eight months for this car. It just turned four miles and was approaching 4.1 tenth mile he noticed a sound, a chugging sound. He felt the car hesitate. He jiggled the gas pedal a little bit, thinking the gas pedal was stuck. You know, it's a new car. And it <coughs> 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 it coasted to a stop on the turnpike. And cars are roaring by him <laughs> And here he is. He's about in the center lane. He didn't even have time to go to the to the outside. Now, now listen. What what the problem was, Joe? He didn't have time to get to the outside. He was in the middle of the road, and it stopped. It stopped so suddenly. He didn't have time to get off to the right or to the left. Here he is in the middle of the road, and it's absolutely stopped. And cars are roaring by him as they do him on the Jersey Turnpike at 5:30 in the evening. Thousands of cars are getting going past him. So he doesn't know what to do. He says, what am I going to do? And he takes the key. <coughs> Nothing. <coughs> Nothing. <coughs> <coughs> oh, damn it. What am I going to Give me, give me the... Get the... Get the driver's manual out of that glove compartment, will you, Fred? Quick. And he looks up in the driver's manual and so says, starting the car... And all it said in the driver's manual is the car is started by turning the key uh, in a clockwise direction all the way, and the starter will engage and disengage automatically. End of instruction. While cars are going by him, he's sitting in the middle of the turnpike, and they're roaring past, (laughs) on left side and on right side. At that point, he said, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Come on, Fred, let's get out and push it. So the two of them got out, and they're pushing his car with four miles on it. Incidentally, he had a full tank of gas, so don't think he ran out of gas. That's what all of you smart types are thinking. No way. Because one of the things this outfit made sure of was he left with a full tank of gas, everything. See, this was given to him as a courtesy. So they're pushing the car, and... What he found out was that an $11,700 car is an awful heavy piece of car. I mean, with all that beautiful steel and metal in it. So he and his friend are pushing, and every five minutes, a car's, you know, swerving, trying to get out of the way. Well, they finally get this thing off on the shoulder after pushing for about 20 minutes. He's filled with perspiration, sweat, dust, crud, Uh, exhaust gases. He's scared to death. And they get the car pushed off to the side when just about the time they get in on the shoulder, along comes a state cop with the blue light going. The cop pulls up. Before we do that, all right, Jerry, don't worry about it. Hit the button, please. The world's greatest magicians perform at the World Festival of Magic and the Occulties through Sunday, December 30th at the Felt Forum in Madison Square Garden Center. For ticket information, call 212-564-4400. Tickets also at Ticketron. Well, anyway, (laughs) after that uh, uh, racy uh, uh, interruption, (laughs) magic, I'll tell you. But uh, nevertheless, gets the car off to the... Just, you know, you, you, there's some times in your life when, when disappointment is so profound that you can't really put it into words. And he got the car off on the shoulder. Up comes the state cop with the blue light, the U light going on the top. The cop gets out of the car, and he walks over to these these two guys who are now sitting in the front seat of the car. They don't know what to do. He walks up, and he says, what's wrong? So what's what's the trouble, buddy? He said, I don't know, the car won't go. Stink cop says, you got gas in it? He tries to say, oh, yeah. And he says, yeah, I got a full tank of gas. He says, well, let me take a look at it. And he looks in, he says, You only got four miles on this thing. He says, that's right. Four miles. The cop starts to laugh. <laughs> he starts to laugh, you know, it's four miles, the thing's already pulled down on you. And the guy says, yes, I have four miles, and it has already pooped out on me. Thank you, officer. So the cop says, well, uh, I'll radio back for a truck. And he walks back into the, into the, you know, goes back to the squad car. You know, you hear the radio going. uh a truck here. Yeah, some stole stole. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, Fred. It's got four miles on a brand-new car, 12 grand. <laughs> Beep. you know. And about 30 seconds later, the truck pulls up and they they drive right in front of it and they just back up. They're not going to mess around. They're not going to work on it. They put the big hook down and the hook picks up the front of the car and my friend and his buddy Fred are sitting in the front seat of the car and they're being towed off of the turnpike. Now, I don't have to fill in the blanks for you. They towed him to the next interchange, just towed him right off, dumped the car there, and my friend wound up hitchhiking home his first night with his great car. Now, I suggest to you friends that that car will, no matter what they did to it, yeah, they got it running finally. It's been fixed. But that moment of profound disappointment forever will change his attitude towards the car. It just happened at the wrong time. If you had it about two years and it, you know, pooped out on you, you'd say, oh, well, what the hell. But it had four miles on it. And he was, the first time in his life, he's being towed down the turnpike in his brand-new shiny car with all these guys riding 1953 Ford Galaxies right by him, you know, looking up, hey, how funny, why don't you get yourself a 53 Ford, eh? You know, driving by. And it was like that night when that lady took out that carving knife. And all of us were sitting around at Christmas table with the festive groaning board. And it was that night that I learned that some things are produced only for gift-giving. They are not produced to be used. And we made the mistake of using a symbolic gift for the symbolic use to which it was supposed to have been put. She plugs it in, and the thing goes, ah! and it's jiggling, you know, like a cheap... Have you ever had a really cheap electric razor that the thing jiggles so much it feels like your head is made out of Novocaine? <laughs> so it's going... Uh, 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 uh. And she lays the knife on the breast of the turkey. Just lays the edge down. And the thing is going... <country sing> and it's jumping up And it's jumping up a dog. So the guy who was there, you know, the, the husband says, well, just a minute, Emily, let me try it. Maybe you're not putting enough pressure on it. And he takes the knife in and he says, I'll cut it for you. And he starts to push down on it. ga 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 The turkey is jiggling. Gravy is flying all over all of us. <laughs> the thing is sawing the turkey, see, but it's sawing it so slowly that it would take you maybe, all oh, two, three, maybe four weeks to carve the turkey with this, this, uh, $17 white elephant. So she says, gee, doesn't... Now, what do you say at that point? Do you say to the lady who gave you the gift, what a piece of junk, what is this, you know? The handle, by the way, is getting hot. You can see the lights dimming, incidentally. <laughs> it's uh, it's pulling that much current. It is not cutting the turkey. It is sawing the turkey. I'll tell you, it was grinding the turkey up like an elderly, like an elderly alligator with bad teeth. Which was just chopping chunks off of it. So funny, she kept saying, oh, isn't this nice? Look at it. Well, uh, I just hate to use this new knife uh, just like this. I'm going to save it for special occasions. Now, What the hell more of a special occasion is Christmas, Daddy? But everybody knew what she was saying. So she unplugs it, puts it in a box, and it was never seen again in that house. Except for one thing. Yes, it was seen Two weeks before the next Christmas, it was taken out, cleaned up, polished, gift wrapped, and given to somebody else. It was given to somebody else as a gift. Three years went by, maybe four. And then one Christmas, that same carving knife arrived back home as a gift to the lady who had originally sent it out on the great chain letter routine of the symbolic gift. Well, that was last year. She's giving it again this year. And uh, I suspect that that gift will continue to go till maybe the year 2050. doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. That the, you too can own a game ranch in Africa complete with hippos. Uh, how, about the, how about that slicer and the cap snapper? That really, really works and uh, all those other great gift items. I wonder how many people are going to get wine sets to make wine. <laughs> oh, man. That's good for about 12 minutes until you, you know, it blows up in your closet. <laughs> Either that or you, you, you drink the first two jugs of your wine. You wind up with the, with the shakes and all your fillings of your teeth fall out. with uh, the You know, six of one, half a dozen the other, each man for his own. It's a great world.